What's going on guys, Coach Omarzini here with you, and welcome to the ProGK Academy Goalkeeping News Podcast. I'm going to try and keep this as free-flowing as I can, and just share with you guys my thoughts and opinions on the weekly goalkeeping news from all around the world. I'll be releasing an episode every Tuesday morning, that way we can break down the results and performances from the weekend, as well as give you guys my predictions for the upcoming weekend of games. Thank you guys for tuning in, and let's get right into it. So to start, you know, I wanted to share with you guys my thoughts and opinions about the Courtois move from Chelsea to Real Madrid and what this move essentially means for Kalen Navas moving forward. And for those of you who may or may not be familiar with the whole story behind this move, it really did make sense for two out of the three parties that were involved in this transfer. You know, for Chelsea, it made sense, you know, because Courtois was going into his last year under contract with them. And if they didn't sell him now in this transfer window, he could just walk next year. So in terms of business savviness and, and just trying to get your money back and return on investment, that made sense for them. And for Courtois, it also made sense because he wanted to be closer to his family. You know, when he moved from uh, Atletico Madrid to Chelsea, his family stayed in Madrid. They didn't come with him to London. So, of course, he misses his kids, misses his family. So that part of it, I understand. And him asking for that move is, is it's human. And I get that. But the only people who didn't have as much to gain from this whole move was Real Madrid. Real Madrid already had a great goalkeeper. Kaylor Navas took them to three straight Champions League finals and three straight Champions League wins. He's proven that he has the ability to impact the game like only a few goalkeepers can. And nowadays, the game is played in such a way that your goalkeeper, you know, among a few other things, has to be pretty good with their feet, good in the air, and be able to make, from time to time, game-saving saves. And since this isn't Barcelona or Manchester City, I would say that Navas has been pretty good and good enough with his feet to get the job done for Real Madrid the past few years. And I can't remember any major passing errors from Navas, nor do I ever really feel nervous when he gets the ball. I know he's smart enough to make the right decision, and he's shown it. And he has the ability to hit a pretty good side volley and get the counterattack moving. He doesn't utilize it as much as an Ederson or a Matty Ryan would, but he still has that in his tutelage. And the next area here is how he deals with his crosses. And in the Spanish style, I feel like it suits him because in La Liga, you don't have many aerial battles to win. It's not like the English Premier League where every single ball is played over the top and you need a big goalkeeper to physically impose themselves like a Courtois could. And obviously, you guys, Courtois is six foot six. Of course, he's better than Navas in the air. That's just a given. If you're six foot six and you don't use that gift, then, I mean, you weren't taught the right way to use your body. And so comparing those two in that sense would be misleading and it wouldn't really be, it wouldn't be fair to Navas in that sense. And lastly, after De Gea, I don't think there are many goalkeepers out there that can make game-saving saves like Navas has. He makes the saves that he's supposed to make, and he makes the incredible acrobatic saves that only few goalkeepers have the agility to do. And if you guys don't believe me, go watch the film. It proves it. And even after making that case, I still get the constant rebuttal from people saying, you know, Navas has made some costly mistakes over the years. He's never been reliable. We needed somebody else. And to me, I feel like that's such a lazy argument. That's what you read in the papers, and it's not really much of an opinion that I feel like you formed on your own. And if you guys really want to get into goalkeepers who have been unreliable, let's look at Karius and Mignolet. Liverpool had to get a new goalkeeper. They had to, because these two goalkeepers just kept making costly and costly mistakes. And what I mean by costly mistakes is that they actually cost their team championships, hardware, actual points that made a huge difference. In 2016, if Mignolet doesn't make those costly errors, Liverpool actually gained an additional 15 points. So that means they don't finish in 8th and out of Europe. They finish in 2nd and in a Champions League spot. And then you have Karius, and I don't want to beat him down any more than he's already been beat down by the fans and Liverpool supporters. But if he doesn't play in that Champions League final last year, 
things would be completely different. I think Liverpool could probably be European champions, and that is why Karius and Mignolet were rightly replaced by Alisson. In that situation, there needed to be a legitimate change. But please, you guys, have some respect for Navas and keep him out of that kind of a discussion. You don't hold your breath every time a shot comes against Real Madrid. You don't hold your breath every time he gets a pass back, like you did with Mignolet and with Karius. So sure, Navas has made a mistake every once in a while. He had that mistake against Juve last year in the quarters. He had the mistake against Bayern Munich in the semis. But they still won. They still made it through. And even after the papers in Spain, all over the world, called for his head and called for him to be taken out of the starting lineup for the rest of those Champions League games, he still kept his cool and made countless saves and had countless performances for Real Madrid to keep them in those games and even win the Champions League for the third straight time. So let's just stop with that nonsense, guys. I think a lot of you guys are really just trying to say that he doesn't fit the European style, doesn't fit that European look and mold. I think what you guys are looking for is someone who's six foot three and taller, a force in the air, and someone who's physically imposing on crosses. Someone like, let's say, Courtois. And Courtois is a great goalkeeper, don't get me wrong. All I'm saying is that Real Madrid already had a great goalkeeper in Navas, and now bringing in Courtois like this is doing an injustice to what Navas has done for that club the last few years. And this brings me to my second and final point on this topic, and that is that Real Madrid showed a lack of loyalty towards Navas, which I shouldn't be too surprised about because they treated Iker Casillas in the same way by pretty much throwing him out of Madrid after all those titles, after all those trophies, everything he did for that club, and they just threw him out with no respect. But, you know, I do believe that if Zidane were still in charge there, this move would have never happened. Zidane was truly a big believer in Navas. Last year, he had the chance to sign Kepa from Bilbao for 18 million euros, but he decided against it. He believed in Navas that much to get the job done that he would never disrespect his goalkeeper in that way. But now that Madrid have a new coach or headed in a different direction, things are a little bit different this time around. And I'm pretty sure that these two are going to keep it very professional while they compete day in and day out for that starting spot. But seeing as though Courtois has already been named that starter for La Liga games, all I'm hoping for is that Kaylor at least gets a chance to play some of the cup games. Hopefully Madrid can do what Barca did a few years back with Bravo and Ter Stegen, where Bravo would play the La Liga matches and then Ter Stegen would feature in the Champions League games. There was a good balance, good camaraderie, and good chemistry between the two, and I saw how in training they really wanted to help one another so they can both win something in that season. And only time will tell how this transfer will turn out, and of course I'll keep you guys posted with any updates in the future. But for now, let's change gears a bit and head over to the Premier League and discuss a former Chelsea legend, Petr Cech. As the Premier League restarted this past weekend, Unai Emery decided to give Petr Cech the nodding goal over newly signed Burnt Leno. Arsenal would lose 2-0 Manchester City, and early in the game, Cech had a few great saves that kept the score at 0-0. But in the 14th minute, Raheem Sterling would curl a ball in through traffic that once you saw the replay, all you could do was question if Cech could have gotten to it. Later in the match, Czech looked a little suspect with a handful of careless passes and questionable decisions. Now the question is, when should Unai Emery pull the trigger and name Leno as Arsenal's starting goalkeeper? Now with this, I personally believe that this is all planned by Emery. You know, I think that while he tries to figure out the correct starting 11 and their style of play going forward, he doesn't want to throw Leno in there and have him be on the wrong side of some bad results. Because if that happens, we've all seen Arsenal fan TV, the pundits on TV, you know, they'll be calling for Czech to replace Leno in a heartbeat, and that'll shatter his confidence. So instead, he's playing Czech in these early games, and after a few bad results, it's only a matter of time before he'll make that change. But I do have to give Czech some credit here. You can see that he's been working on playing out of the back and trying to adapt to the way that Emery wants to play at Arsenal. But he just looks so uncomfortable and out of place, and it showed when he almost kicked the ball into the back of his own net. And Bayer Leverkusen, which is Burnt Leno's old team, actually retweeted a post that criticized Czech's almost own goal. They captioned it, we might know a guy, which referenced Leno as someone who knows how to play out of the back. 
Czech actually responded by saying, at Arsenal, we share important values which make us a big club not only on the football side. Fair competition, professionalism, and sportsmanship are the biggest ones you teach young footballers, and it's sad to see when other clubs don't share that same value. And it's pretty sad to see that Czech is having to do this on Twitter and having to defend himself, but unfortunately, he's past his prime. It's time for Leno to be the starter, and it's only a matter of time before that happens. I'm sure we'll be revisiting this topic again throughout the season, and I'll keep you guys posted on it. All right, guys, so it's time for our last topic before I get into my predictions for the weekend fixtures. So the two biggest goalkeeping splashes in the Premier League this season were Alisson for Liverpool and Kepa for Chelsea. Alisson broke the goalkeeping transfer record in July, and then a few weeks later, Kepa rebroke it in August. So there's a lot of hype surrounding these two. I personally believe that Alisson will have a larger impact and a better season with Liverpool because he has so much more experience than Kepa. He's played in a World Cup with Brazil and in countless Champions League matches for Roma. And believe it or not, Kepa only started playing in the top flight of Spanish league football two years ago. He only has 53 starts to his name for Bilbao. But he did go to the World Cup as a reserve for Spain, so there is obviously a lot of promise in him. While his resume isn't as decorated as Alisson's, there is one goalkeeper whose resume looks awfully familiar to Kepa's at this age. I'll give you guys a few hints. He's one of the best goalkeepers in the world at the moment, and he only played 57 games in La Liga before making a move to a Premier League giant. If you guys guessed David De Gea, you are right. Kepa actually backed up De Gea at the World Cup this summer in Russia. And if he turns out anything like De Gea, I'll be the first person to applaud Chelsea on this move. I just hope that he's able to get over the early hiccups like De Gea was able to, to establish himself as one of the best in the world. But for now, I have Alisson winning this one. I just feel like he can adapt and adjust the system and style of play of the Premier League a little bit quicker than Kepa could because of his experience. But I could be wrong, and maybe Kepa can prove me wrong. We'll just have to wait and see. I personally just can't wait until their first matchup at the end of September to see how it all pans out. Okay guys, so for the last segment of the show, I'll be giving my prediction on really the only game I'm excited for this weekend, and that is Chelsea versus Arsenal. These two are rivals, and anytime they meet up, there's sure to be a lot of drama. Czech is returning back to Stamford Bridge, this is Unai Emery's first competitive match versus Sarri, and it's Kepa's first real test at Chelsea. I'm a huge Arsenal fan, but I think Chelsea pulls this one off 2-1. I didn't see enough from Arsenal in their first game to convince me that they can compete with Hazard's Chelsea. I really do hope I'm wrong, and I hope that Czech has a crazy game in goal, but it's looking doubtful. Alright guys, and that's the end of the episode. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please do me a huge favor and share it with your friends or teammates, and subscribe to our YouTube and Instagram channels, at ProGK Academy. Until next time, my name is Omar Zini. Have a great day.